Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna demo I'm gonna sing a little bit oh, for just you. A little. So it starts off, it comes in, it goes and then the drums come in. And then there's a little like synth that goes, I'm so sorry. Are all of these things happening at the same time? Yeah, they're like overlapping. And if I only could, I'd make a deal with God. I'm not even gonna try and sing it for real. And I'm getting to swap our places. I'll be running up. No, nothing. Okay. Three. <laughs> Hello. Wow. Hello again, Ugh. old friend. I know that nobody knows, like, the time between when we record these, uh-huh. but it has been a minute. It has been a and minute. And I'm stoked to be here. I'm stoked that you're here. I was about to say I'm stoked to be here too, but, but I'm, I'm often in my own apartment. Yeah, maybe you just meant here like mentally. Not I, with that, you. that is true. I, I did mean I am stoked to be here in your presence, in the presence of our microphone and this pod. Oh, creating, our microphone, creating something we love. Um, let's just do a quick temp check. Yeah, it was a little warm today. Okay, it's currently 80 degrees at seven in the evening. So good, not great. So like, good, not great. Um, this is your next obsession. By this point, if you don't know what you're listening to, just like go back a few apps. Or just like go with the flow and like allow yourself to be surprised. Really, that is who we are in a yeah. nutshell because <laughs> no, that sounds like the worst. Okay, yeah, then so go back and listen to every episode. No, you can have your feelings. <laughs> I just... Um, yep. This is why we're going to balance each other out. It's so true. If you don't have friends who see the world a little differently than you, you don't have enough friends. Okay, but I only have, like, four friends. That's I just enough. choose them well. Yeah. <laughs> to balance me out. And we all see the world a little differently. Did I today tell my therapist that we would be good going into business together? Yes. I think yes, we I would. Did. Is this not... Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I meant you and my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, said. not you and me. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, what did you already have. Yeah, no, true enough. To which she said, you're right, we would balance each other out. And then I'm like, mm, are we too close now? Yeah. <laughs> it has been seven years. <laughs> anyway. Been a lo- wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Hot diggity damn, the longest relationship of my life. That, yeah, so this is your next obsession with Quinn and Renee. There we as go. You we know. got there. We fucking got there. We okay. Got right away. Today is uh, about you, which is exciting, which means I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Hey, hey. You were so delighted by the last surprise. It's so true. So the the bar is high. The bar is very high. Um, so th- this today's obsession of mine that we're going to discuss is uh, I'm realizing now becoming somewhat of a theme on this podcast because we're going to be talking about another British person and we've talked about a lot of British people so far, which isn't intentional. Like I don't think of either of us as being Anglophiles. If you haven't listened to any of the episodes we just mentioned, like go back and give it a gander. But today we're going to talk about not the obsession I've had the longest, but definitely an obsession that I feel with such an intensity. I would, I think it maybe scares some people. And that obsession is my obsession with Kate Bush. With Kate Bush, there it yeah, is. Yeah, there okay. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew we would get here right, somewhere like, this season. When we first, yeah, Kate Bush, here we are. It's like, I, when we first started talking about doing this podcast, that was maybe the first thing I suggested. I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was number one, Kate Bush. Um, I can't imagine a world in which people don't know who Kate Bush is, but a lot of people don't, especially a lot of people our age. So let me just give you a quick little educate us. Let's just intro. like assume I'm gonna that assume, I don't know who she is. Let's just assume you know nothing about Kate Bush, and in that case, I will tell you, <laughs> she is first and foremost 
luminous. She is a singer and a songwriter and a musician. She is all of those things. That is what she is known for. She's uh, a writer, multi-instrumentalist, a dancer, uh, a performer, a storyteller, an She's like really an artist. She I really is like an artist. Every... She is an artist with a capital A. She was probably the peak of her fame. First of all, she's much more famous in the UK than she is in the United States. Classic. Mostly because, not because her songs aren't successful here, but because she is um, a now a bit of uh, a recluse. And hmm. she does not like okay. flying. So she, I don't believe, uh, I don't know that she's ever toured in the United States, but it, maybe it was, I think it was only once that she toured in the US. So she hasn't like built as much of a fan base as she has in the UK because and in Europe because she was able to tour there and, well, you know, all that stuff. Sorry, I just like anyway, need a visual, so I'm just like she is pull up. stunning. She has dark, flowing, wavy locks. She has bright blue eyes. Even in those eyes, I think you can see the fearlessness and the genius that is Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. Would I'm you definitely getting that? Are you getting all those I'm getting things? Getting that vibe. Are you getting the fearlessness? Um, are you getting the genius? <laughs> you getting the innovation? You know, from these pictures on Google, <laughs> probably all Getty images, um, <laughs> perhaps. She rocked the really long bangs that were really big in the 80s. Mm-hmm. The point is, Kate Bush is incredible. I first came to love Kate Bush because my mother is a big Kate Bush fan. Shout out to Cynthia. Being mm. a, thanks, Cynthia, for introducing me to Kate Bush. And my mom always played her album, The Hounds of Love, which is her most famous album. The Hounds of Love came out in 1985. It is, I think... One of the best albums ever written. It includes the Hot song. It includes the song "Running Up That Hill." Parentheses deal with God. That I think we've all heard. I think it's one of the best songs ever written. Have we? I think if you heard it, you would be like, "Oh, this sounds familiar." Sure. It was, it was used. It's been used in like TV a lot recently. Like it was used Ooh. on an episode of Pose and like a oh, bunch okay. of other stuff. I do watch all of the TV, so yeah, perhaps. So, but yeah, it's a very popular song. It's been covered ad nauseum. It's super great. And if you don't know Kate Bush, it's a wonderful place to start. What she does better than any other artist is she like puts you in a place and she creates a world for you to experience the story that she's telling you musically. I'll explain. (laughs) So the great. (laughs) So the auditory landscape, she is like her production is peerless. And she was the lead producer on like most of her albums. Oh, good for you, girl. Which is like not super common for like a lot of yeah, sort no. of more solo act female Did artists. Did she write time. most of her songs? She writes all her songs. Oh, okay. I think she would like partner with people, but she is for the most part writes songs by herself. And she has very specific visions. Mm-hmm. And this song in particular is very relatable. It's I guess it is think it is more or less sung from her perspective and it's like about a woman or a person who is trying to connect with their partner. But it's not, it's not working. They're not connecting. They're not getting through to each other. And so the chorus of the song is like, if I only could, I'd make a deal with God and we could swap our places. And then, right? So it's like, I wish we could like see it from each other's perspective. And then we could be like running up that hill with no problems. That's the gist of the song, right? The hill is a metaphor. Right. And and the point of the song, the hill is a metaphor. Good job, Renee. Thank you. And also she says, I'll be running up that building. Like, I don't know what that means, but like... Come on. She's not always literal, but sometimes she's very literal. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that. Don't Quit. worry. We'll get to that when we talk about cloud busting. Oh, good. We're going to get there. <laughs> anyway, so that's why I fell in love with her is because she puts you in such a specific place. Her, the sound is so lush and so well-developed. Like every idea in the song, every sound that you hear is so specific and well-chosen and well-placed. Does she play every instrument on every song or does she no. like partner with? She plays with a lot. Of, no, she like you, I think as when she recorded, mm-hmm. uh, like had a backing band and all that stuff. I know she plays piano. I think she plays other things too. Um, and she, this is a good point to like segue into the ways in which she was really an innovator 
the 80s, a weird time in music. We kind of got what we got. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had some really high highs, but we also had some really low lows in the 80s. Um, do you have some supporting evidence? So the high highs, we have, like, David Bowie. Love it. Kate Bush. Love it. Prince. Great. Like, a lot of other people. Sure. The lows. We have a lot of one-hit wonders in the 80s. You Um, know what I mean? I, okay. I love one hit wonders. I do too, I but the point magical. is, we also have songs like, but the okay, point great. is, in the 80s, like, anything was fair game. You could just write a song about whatever, like, Jenny, I got your number, and then just list a, per, a, a fake phone number, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, see, and you know it. I do know that song. Okay, yeah. but Kate Bush really was an innovator, a high, high point in the 80s. She was one of the, f- like, a very early adopter of, like, the first synths and, like, synthetic, Ooh, like, instruments yes. and those kind of uh, instrumentation in her music, and you hear that, like, everywhere. She was also, uh, she is regarded as the first person to have used, like, a headset mic in her live performances. Oh, as now, opposed to, like, a handheld. Yeah, as, as opposed to handheld or in a mic stand or something like that. With, like, a mic pack and a, and a headset. You know, like, how we think of when we think of Britney Spears performing sure. live. yeah, We absolutely. think of Britney with a headset, but, like, Kate did that first, you know? Kate. What, okay, I am so sorry. I just need to, like, quickly circle back to Every Breath You Take. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Which uh, was, I went to a wedding once, and that uh-huh. was the couple's uh, first first dance song. Oh, what? Which everyone else was like, oh my god, oh, And I was like, uh, but, uh, mm, no, why? this is terrible. Yeah, I don't get that. Let's circle back I'm to so Kate sorry. Bush. I feel like not, yeah, now we're just going to get into a- We're circling back. So Kate Bush kind of had an interesting career trajectory. Anyway, this is just to say, like, I love her album, Hounds of Love. I love the song, Running Up That Hill. That is definitely like one of my favorite song of hers. That's how that was my entry point into the world that is Kate Bush. And then I one day went down like a really deep YouTube rabbit hole about Kate Ugh, Bush. Haven't we all? Because I started watching her music videos, and obviously like music videos, like their advent came in the eighties. Like that's when people really started videos. producing them and stuff. And hers are wild. <laughs> like they are wild. They're all super specific and have really specific settings. We'll get into it. And so I watched this uh, documentary. BBC documentary on YouTube, and I realized like her 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 influence is like it, it, wide. So many people, so many people writing and making music today were like influenced by her. Uh, yeah, the music world, had, a lot I of know, roots. A very porous. Very you know. Uh, the, good word for it. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And uh, and so I really I was further inspired upon learning that and upon learning more about her background because she was dis- discovered quote unquote in kind of an interesting way because huh. she had like an older brother who was in a band and he just kind of knew um, one of the guys in Pink Floyd. Oh my goodness. Uh, David Gilmore. We need to go into a deep hole about my obsession with Pink Floyd and also my uh, deep psychological troubles with the fact that Roger Waters hates Israel so much, but oh, yeah, that's, that's like a whole other... That is dark. <laughs> um, but David Gilmore, yes. no idea how what his political leanings Hopefully are. Hopefully problematic. Israel. Hopefully. But anyway, David Gilmore like knew her brother and like... She oh started God. she started writing songs really young. She played piano and she was like writing poetry and stuff from like really, really young age, like elementary school. David Gilmore somehow like heard her sing or like heard a tape that her brother had made or whatever, and he helped her produce her first demo tape that got her her first like record deal. Which is crazy. And she was like 17. Really, really young. <sighs> is it bad that my first thought goes to like Oh no, an older man helping a younger lady Oof. into the music industry. Like, it's not I just bad. feel like, like it's a sign of the times, you know? It's I like know. the world we live in. But, like, he was not great. As far as, far as, as, as we know, are, uh, as far at as time know, of recording. As far as I know, his, his motivations were pure. Okay. And that he just saw her talent and wanted to help her in that way. Okay. And she was an independent from the start. Her first big hit 
was a song called Wuthering Heights. Oh, yes, I saw that on the brief Wikipedia I did. About the book Wuthering Heights. Oh, that's I'm just so what sorry. the song is about. I lost you. <laughs> yeah, so the book Wuthering Heights by Charlotte Bronte, a classic. Are you familiar? You've heard of it. That is as familiar as I am. <laughs> you don't really need, this is not, you don't need to have read the book to understand what I'm about to tell you. But yeah, so she just basically wrote a song about the book, like from the perspective of Kathy, who's like the main character in Wuthering Heights. Like Kathy and Heathcliff have this like very tempestuous love, whatever. It's not important. But she just like wrote a song about this book she liked and it was a hit. It was a hit. And she doesn't, she didn't sound like anyone else. She didn't really look like anyone else. I mean, she's beautiful, but she is like ethereal and yeah, weird I wouldn't, and I wouldn't look at her in, in the in the decade of like Madonna. Right. I definitely wouldn't look at her and be like, she oh, had they were the same. very different aesthetic yeah. than someone like Madonna. And she approached her image very differently mm-hmm. than someone like Madonna. Like Madonna really embraced her sexuality yeah. and Kate Bush really like did not want to be sexualized, sure. right? Not to say that she didn't sing about sexual things no but they but but not not your classic like would look at and be like oh you're going to be a totally. successful musician yes Doesn't and have that i look. think even early on like they tried to market her as kind of like a you know like a beautiful young ingenue and she kind of like pushed away from that um and not all of her album covers she does not appear on all of her album covers which is interesting like her image is not always like the selling point of an album cover. I will say that I know who Kate Bush is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I ever actually knew what she looked like until I just right. googled her. Yeah, there you go. Um anyway, so that was her first hit on her first album The Kick Inside, which I should say like the album art for A Kick Inside is like appropriative. It's like got some sort of like vaguely Asian imagery mm-hmm. and then whatever the font is like a choice. Um but that was her first big hit and that's where she really like broke free and she did things really differently. She like danced herself in a lot. Like if you watch the music video for Wuthering it's just her dancing in a field in a red dress and she's like singing this song and doing some like some like postmodern dance moves it's a great song it's weird and like when you listen to it now i don't know it would not be a hit today but i think what you do get from it is like her clarity of vision and her uh like clarity in her writing and in Mm -hmm. her like expression is is palpable. That is something that I feel like you keep coming back to. Yes. That just like uh, the specificity with which she makes all of the decisions around how she is artistically portraying. Right. Um, and that was her first big album. Her next two after were kind of like, eh, she's finding her footing. Sure. She, like she was like going back and forth like a lot of artists do with like the producers and the record company, like wanting her to sound and be a certain way and that not squaring with her own vision. And she really wanted like more control. Uh, over her music, which I respect. And she really fought for it. And I think when she, like, really broke through with her biggest album of The Hounds of Love, like, you really hear that. Like, you hear her in every single aspect, and it's two-sided. And you really hear, like, that sometimes, like, songs aren't narratively connected, but on the second side, they are. Oh, and interesting. Some, and, but it's not super literal or direct, but you hear it, right? And it's built that out a little bit. Let's move on to her music videos more specifically. So the one for Wuthering Heights is actually, like, kind of a big deal. Like, it's kind of infamous. And every year in England, there's, like, a Kate Bush gathering. People will, like, gather in a field, dress like she's dressed in the video, and, like, recreate the dance moves and, like, do the dance and do the song. Amazing. It's great. What is her genre? Is it, like, folk, folksy? No, I would say pop. Oh, okay. I would say pop is her genre. Um, A different take on pop, right? We mean, like, it was the 80s. Anything goes, right? And also, like, pop is so broad. It is so broad, yeah. I guess pop rock, but she really does play with genre a lot. Like she covered um, Elton John's Rocket Man in the in the late eighties, and she had like kind of a fun like soft rock vibe with it. Like she was she's playing a ukulele in it. 
in the video, hmm. it, right? Like, I don't know. You just, just take a gander. Oh my goodness. Um, if you say just gander <laughs> more time. I don't know why I'm saying it so much. I just, it sounds folksy and, and nice to me. Great. Definitely start with Hounds of Love. Definitely start with Running Up That Hill. That video is cool. I mean, you already basically sung it, so. Yeah, it's like basically her doing a lot of modern dance with this guy. There's some kick-ass dance moves in it. Um, and that's pretty much that video. That pretty much sums it up. Some other great ones that I think you should definitely check out. The video for Breathing, which is was, I think, on her Never Forever album in 1980. It's a song, and this is what I mean. It's a song from the perspective of a fetus during a nuclear fallout that's, like, breathing in the, like, the toxic air and stuff. <laughs> and that's what the song's about. But it's very tender. And, like, the first time I listened to it and watched the video, I was like, oh, this is, like, ridiculous and over the top and campy and, like, weird. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, yes, it is all those things. But it's also, like, touching. And you know what? She went there. Kate Bush takes risks. She does not compromise for the sake of her artistic vision. She knows what she wants to say and how she wants to say it. And it's offbeat and it's different. And it's definitely not what everybody would do. But it's what she I wants mean, to do. I mean, that's the thing is you can you can disagree. Yeah. But still respect. Right. Like, like if I was to listen to it and hate it. Right. I think as as a fellow artist, as as a creator mm-hmm. of, of... You can respect when people push... You can, you can respect when you see people pushing the boundaries, not trying to stay safe. And simply respect that even if you don't love the outcome true enough i would much rather see that than somebody like being bored yeah i hate more than like hating something and you are never bored watching there a you Kate go. Bush video but like it. truly never and that's a good one another one i recommend is cloud busting which is also from her hounds of love album this is a longer song it's like it's over five minutes i think it's between like five and eight minutes long it might even be a little longer and if i recall it's like based inspired by a book or maybe a short story And the plot is, like, vague. It's just about, from the perspective of a little boy whose father is, like, some kind of, like, scientist sort of person making weird inventions. Kind of like Belle's father in Beauty and the Beast is, like, the best analogy I can give. Not really sure. I mean, I haven't read the book. Tinkering. Right. I, like... (laughs) He's a dangerous tinkerer. (laughs) Just tinkers away. I haven't read the source material for this song, so I How can't. Dare you. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't do enough <laughs> research. <laughs> it's from the perspective of like this little boy whose like father has been like taken away by the government, who like had all these inventions. Ooh, I don't know, doctor. right? Like you don't have to know everything that she knows about right. what she's trying to say, but you get what she's trying. To say. Okay, so here's what <laughs> that sounded I will say more eloquent in my head about that. Uh-huh. Uh, doesn't it always? Yeah. Um, I am, I've always been a firm believer. Mm-hmm. Let's just like reiterate, I am an artist who makes things. Things. <laughs> the title of my memoir um, is that I have always found that the more specific you get, mm-hmm. the more universal it becomes. Like True trying enough. to be universal, just things get messy, things get foggy, it gets muddy. Um, I may have to retract that now because all of these seem so specific <laughs> that it might be a skosh alienating. <laughs> that being said, I have not listened to all of these songs, so I, I definitely don't think could it's be ali- wrong. I don't think it's alienating. Okay. I don't think her specificity is a barrier to entry. My okay. point is just that, like, she has a really she has read all these things and read these books, and and she's um, multi-textual is what I will say. She's like not afraid to cite and reference she, other things. I love it. She's she makes a collage. Yeah, she yeah, if you will. Uh, yeah, real pastiche. Uh, <laughs> sort of like a decoupage. Yeah, of it's like I think the second time we reference decoupage on our podcast. <laughs> I mean, we'll have an episode. About we will. Her we love decoupage. decoupage. 
but she's not afraid to like cite and reference things. And I think other people have followed suit. It's not a new yeah. thing. Like artists no, borrow and steal not. from each other all the yeah. time. But like the point is like I don't understand everything about what she loves about this book or the story mm-hmm. that made her want to write a song about it. But I understand what's emotionally compelling to her about that story. Sure. Because it's that emotional information that translates really well into song. And translates really well as the as the viewer and as a listener. I, I always think of like modern art in this way of like I don't need to know what they were inspired by, mm-hmm. but you can tell when they were inspired by something as opposed to just like vaguely making something. Right. It's like if you have a point of view, we will get that you have a point of view. We don't need to necessarily know specifically what it is. That's exactly it. She really is, and I think does take like a postmodern approach in that like the her process and her like end product like are specific, but she it is open to interpretation and she's okay with not everything being completely spelled out and explicit, right? Like, she's okay with something not just being a love song or not just being like whatever, a breakup song, right? Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't write songs that way. They're like they are more specific than that, right? And obviously a song is specific to any songwriter's experience. But she, I think, takes it one step further and, like, is willing to write a song about something she thinks from the perspective of a made-up character Mm -hmm. or a character from a book or from something else. She's willing to, like, take that extra leap and trust that her audience will go along with her. And for the most part, I think think she – it does. Anyway, but the video for Cloud Busting is very funny because she plays the little boy in the video. (laughs) And – Donald Sutherland plays her dad. Wait, 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 wait. Is he related to Kiefer Sutherland? He's Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 Well, I have a whole rant about Kiefer Sutherland, but we don't need to get into that right now. (laughs) But Renee, today's the day that Renee was educated on the Sutherland family. It seems, though, like, as a listener, as somebody familiar with her work, even if you don't know what the next album will be, what the next song will be... You have enough of an expectation of her style that you feel taken care of as a listener. Very, very well put. Yes. Um, and uh, so that's a great video to watch. There's so many I love. She has one song called Babushka, for which the video is really fun. And that's like a song told in the third person, like an omniscient narrator about like a wife who's trying to like figure out if her husband like still loves her. So the wife like starts writing letters to him like as some like mysterious female admirer. And he's like, oh, this... And then she tells, like, from his perspective, like, oh, he keeps getting these letters. And, like, oh, she sounds just like his wife. And, like, this is so arousing and whatever. And, like, I guess it doesn't matter. But, like, the video is just her in, like, a very, like, bright gold spangly little outfit, gladiator outfit with, like, a veil something. And she's playing just, I guess, she has a cello. She's not, or an upright bass. I guess I'm not, I think it's an upright bass. I'm not exactly sure. I think. I'm not a musician. Oh my god. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And she's not playing it. Uh, It is a prop. It's She's just like, she dances with it. Is there that instrument in the song, though? Like, do you ever hear that instrument, or is it literally just a prop? Okay. The, the, in the video, the instrument is not making diegetic sound. Like, it's not. Right, right. But. Right. But in the, in the track itself, I think there is, like, some bass in there. So, essentially, it sounds like the plot of this song is Mm -hmm. a precursor to the Pina Colada song. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Where he puts out an ad and, like, they both end up. No, I get it. (laughs) I get it. I think, yeah, good analogy. I'm just trying to connect it back to um, ways in which I can 
mm-hmm. enter into yeah. this world. So this is just to say, we've talked about Kate Bush for a minute now. Um, I love it. But I, 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 and every, there's really always more to learn and always more to love. Like, I haven't listened to every single Kate Bush song. I've listened to most of them. I've listened to most of, most of her albums. But, um, every time I dig a little deeper, there's always something more because her work is so rich and so detailed and, um, there's always more to go back to. In addition to their having, her having songs that are all really listenable and really, fun and that don't always require a lot of thinking that you can just experience and love because of how they make you feel. She also has has songs that are like a little more complex and a little more sort of off the beaten path a bit. Well, it sounds like what also could be kind of fun about listening to her is that they seem so layered that you will find new things when you listen to them. It won't necessarily be like, there's some songs you listen to the first time Mm -hmm. and it's the same story anytime, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's exciting too. Like as there's as a always more to, to find more. Yeah. Um, when? So I'm just. When was the last album she released? Um, I think 2011 was her. Well, okay, 2011 was her first like album proper, and that was 50 Words for Snow. Yes, I see. Which that. is, but her like actual most recent album that she released that actually my very sweet boyfriend got for me on CD Aww. for my birthday it was very nice. Um, work. is is an album of like a live album of her last live show because she had a oh um, I do love a good live album and this is a great That's live nice. album four discs Renee four hot it's great um and she did this like live show in London she had a residency in 2016 for like a, a, a couple months or whatever and but it wasn't just a concert it was like there were like dance elements there were like scenes theatrical elements there I didn't it's like a whole I performance it. it was a whole performance I was I've just seen pictures and like clips I obviously was not able to go to London to see it. Um, because who has the time or the money? Or the money. Um, but the album is great, and she sort of like weaves different songs from different parts of her career into of a, a vaguely narrative arc. And it's not just her; like she has other singers and musicians and stuff like sing some of her songs and sing with her, and like her brother plays with her, and her son's playing with her, and like very cute. But she she didn't. There was a long period of time where she didn't make a lot of music because she was like raising her son. I don't know. I was going to have any other questions about statement. And uh, thank you for bringing up feminism, though, because I really so do welcome. think she is a feminist icon in that she like speaks for herself and no one else. Like no one else speaks for her. Like her uh, fidelity to her own vision and to her own like artistic voice is like so strong. It's very admirable and very inspiring. She. Like, not a lot of, I don't think I could name another female artist today who, like, takes the same kind of risks that she did with her music or, like, mm-hmm. went out on some, I mean, I'm sure there are some people. Like, I think yeah, Joanna Newsom sure. is a good example or that kind of stuff. But, like, there's lots of people who were inspired by her. But she really was a pioneer in, like, in not making the kind of art other people wanted you to make and only ever making the kind of art that you want to make. Yeah. Um, I guess my one question I would have before we would move on, and mm-hmm. I think you kind of touched on this. Mm-hmm. Do you think... That A, she was either a product of her time, or B, that she was so successful because of the time that she came up in. I guess that those are kind of two sides of the same Yeah, question, I, like, I would probably say it's a little bit of both. I think probably like a little bit of a chicken and an egg situation. Mm-hmm. But like, I think all artists are sort of products of their own environment. But a um, lot, plenty of people... I'm sure at the time, like wanted to do kind of stuff similar to what she was doing and weren't as successful. Um, I think the amount of like innovation in music that like uh, technology was providing in the 80s was very provided very fertile ground for her to like innovate and produce different stuff. Um, And I think really that is what has helped her stand the test of time is like not the specifics of the time in which she became famous, but like the specifics of her own vision and her own voice. I feel like that wraps it up. I think it does. I feel like that puts a nice moment. A little button on there. Uh, I say this every time, but I know now 
more about you. Yeah. I have always known that you've loved Kate Bush. I'm glad that we had this time to delve deeper. Just love her. And um, as I feel like we always say to each other, now I feel more interested in wanting to explore her myself. Yeah, dude. Segment time. Segment time. Time for segments. I'm going to do I'm Obsessed with You. I am obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you as well. <laughs> and this is one that I have been wanting to do for months. I know. I, and I, uh, because I knew we were going to do this, I, I did no preparation. <laughs> I did not cheat. <laughs> I feel like the I'm Obsessed with You's, like, from mine, are just me quizzing you on things that I know you're not going to know the answer to. And and I know then, you're going to ask me. And then I sound like a shitty friend. You're not. You're but just you're making a point with this segment. I really am. I'm <laughs> so I'm obsessed with you. Just to recap is, is where uh, one of us proposes a subject that we are obsessed with and the other person has to, who knows nothing about it, who is not obsessed with that thing, has to describe that thing or explain yes. it or explain why that person Great. is obsessed with it. And also I would like to note that it is usually something that we wouldn't do a full episode on because mm-hmm. either it isn't niche enough or would not be fodder for right. a full There's episode. Right, not enough to discuss. But, right. alas, we want to bring it up because we are multifaceted people with a lot of obsession. True enough. So perfect example is that my I'm obsessed with you is just the whole world of football. Which is vast. Which is vast and not niche enough to do an episode about, but it is one of my, at my core, biggest obsessions. I would say, like, if I was going to... If somebody asked me, like, oh, like, what's Renee? Like, what are some things that I need to know about Renee? Like, football would definitely be in the top three. Yeah. Like, it would be, like, uh, actress, theater maker, Jewish, football. Football. Like, those would be the things. Yeah, I feel like maybe, (laughs) maybe like, uh, a tentative, like, bench player for those three would be, like, mini quiche. Mini quiche (laughs) and also, like, Excel docs. And And spreadsheets. And spreadsheets. That would be the top five. (laughs) (laughs) If we were allowed to have five, those would be that. That would be great. So, yes, football, you are obsessed with it. I am obsessed. It's a big part of your life and your family life and, like, your uh, childhood and your adult life now. I know when we were in college together, you watched it every Sunday. Yeah. Without fail. True dad. And I watched it with you never. (laughs) That's not true. I do have a video of you watching the Super Bowl kind of in your own bed glancing at it. And I think that's as close as we ever got. It's just like, okay, as I'm sure we'll get into, like, football is, of all the sports, the most confusing for me. It's so confusing for me. That does make no sense. Oh, my God. Is there any more you would like to discuss about my love of football or... I mean, obviously, your team is the 49ers. The great work. Saying. Really great work. <laughs> Go Niners. I know why they're called the 49ers. Yeah. Because of the gold rush. Yeah. That's what the cheerleaders are called. The gold rush? Yeah. That's confusing. But it's like, <laughs> it's confusing that a group of people, women, are named after, like, an historical period. Like, that's confusing for me. Like, I would be, I'll it would give make you that. more that's sense fair. if no, it's like, like a fair point. if they were like, oh, the golden nuggets of the 49ers, oh, right? Like, that, that would make, sounds weird. And I guess it'd be more like gold flex if you're, like, panning for oh, gold, but. <laughs> we already, already have overthought this. <laughs> Let's, let's continue. Okay, uh, quiz me. Can we, can, here's what I will say about my love of football is uh-huh. that it. I hate to say that it started because of my dad because I feel like that puts such like a sexist thing on it and mm. like I wouldn't have come to it on my own. I would like to believe that I would have come to it on my own because how much I love it. But really, the way it began was my dad is a huge 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. He would watch every Sunday, and the way that like he kind of integrated it into my life is through math, which is also like one of the reasons I really love math is that he would be like, if they have to go 10 yards and they've only gone seven, how many more yards do they have to go? And like that would be, and then it it would get more complicated once it was like 
oh, if they've scored three touchdowns, how many points would they have? Mm-hmm. Or, like, how many points down are they? That is so cute. Blah, 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 blah. So, like, really making it, like, pertinent to my life. And educational. And educational. And my father and I have now gone to, God, we've gone to so many games, but we go to the home opener. 49ers home opener every single year. Um, and that is very fun. Okay, I have one, two, three, four, five questions for you. Okay, what is what is question number one? Love. And I can make these multiple choice if you. Let's see how hard they are, and then like I would, to. and then I can request some okay, choices. Great. How many players are on a team? Yeah, like I, the roster, like not like on the field, but like on the whole team. How many players are you allowed to have? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's like an educated guess? <laughs> like a ballpark. <laughs> this educated guess is really just going to be. Um, I don't know, 50? Oh my god, it's 53. Oh, I was close! I, I swear I did absolutely no homework in preparation for this, but like, that seems like a reasonable number. Yeah, exactly, because like, you need the backups. Yeah. Okay. I'm scared if you ask about positions. Kind of a secondary question. <laughs> okay. How many, though, are on a field at each time? Part A is per team, and then part B would just be multiplying that by two. I Can I have choices for that one? Um, I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's the same as soccer. <laughs> oh my god. So like okay. I don't know, okay. like ten on one team? No. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Eight? Okay. Here's your no, you're 12? going in the wrong direction. <laughs> you have guessed literally every number except the number because it's eleven. <laughs> it's eleven? Such a random number. Eleven on the offense, eleven on the defense. Okay. Fine. Which is interesting which is why so the Seattle Seahawks have like, we don't like the Seattle Seahawks. We don't! Quinn, yes, I know good that. work. We don't like the Seattle Seahawks because they are in our division. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so they have, like, notoriously a really amazing fan base mm. and, like, make their home stadium really loud. Like, their home field advantage is, like, is is extensive. Noise. And their, their fan base is called the 12th man because mm. it's, like, they are the 12th player because they are helping their team because they are loud. So of, the, of the Seahawks? Yeah, so, like, they have a flag in their stadium that's a 12 that a fan raises, like, every game. See, okay. I just, like, my relationship to football, it should be said, like, a no one in my family ever watched sports. <laughs> Did we ever, like, the Super Bowl Sunday was, like, the best day of the year to run errands because everybody was, I'm not kidding, like, that was the best day to go to Costco because everybody was, like, at home. Uh, and I, my only memory of, like, being around football being watched is, like, on Thanksgiving when people would immediately change the channel away from whatever game is played on Thanksgiving. I don't even know. Because you watch the Puppy Bowl. Renee, we don't watch the Puppy Bowl. We watch the Westminster Dog Show. They're different things. Okay, this is the last number-based question. (laughs) Thank God. Let's get it over with. How many teams are in the NFL? Oh, truly no idea. Okay, um, there's just so many, and they all sound fake. Like, if you you named named 10 real football teams and 12... and 10 fake football teams. Like, I would not be able to tell you which ones are real and which ones are fake. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say a number. Okay. I don't know. Like, like uh, 32? Yes. What? Yes. Shut up. It's not There is no way it's 32. It's, it it's exactly it's 32. Exactly 30. Shut the fuck up. I was going to say 70, but <laughs> I didn't say no, that's way too many. Quinn, are you, <laughs> even that would be absurd. Here's the thing: I'm just going to make this about me, okay, and yeah. assume mm-hmm. that through osmosis, yeah. you have somehow gotten sure. this information. Sure, 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 sure. I'm going to assume that as well. Wow, I am astounded. Stunned. Absolutely, because there are 16 teams in the AFC, and there are 16 teams in the NFC, and then they're broken up into four team divisions. Yes, yeah. I don't know what any of those letters mean. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what any of them mean. Okay. I'm, I'm You're in the like, NFC. Yeah. I'm so overwhelmed. The 49ers. But okay, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad I got that question right by by sheer luck. That was like 
honestly one of the most astounding things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. No one is more astounded than me. I, like, I'm having a hard time believing you did not look that I up. swear on No, my like, life. I trust you because, like, right. I know you, but yeah. wow. Okay. I don't, this is a question that I am very excited to ask you and I don't know how to phrase it. Mm. So just, like, bear with my if mumbling you of words. If you don't do good the first time, we can try again. Amazing. Okay. So there are 17 weeks of the regular season. What night of the week starts each week? <sighs> like, week one starts on what night of the week? Do you okay. want me to tell you the three options? Uh, let me see if I can figure this out. Okay. I know, obviously, you always watch football on Sunday. Correct. I know people also watch football on Monday. Correct. And those are two days. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Some other days I would choose from. I don't know of any other day that people watch football except those. Okay. So is it one of those? I'm going to need your guess and then we will unpack the is answer. It, I don't know. Is it Monday? No. So it's Thursday. Why? <laughs> Why? Why is it Thursday? So Thursday night football starts the week. But Okay. So like the first week of the regular season starts so with a the Thursday, Thursday night game. Okay. And then is all day Sunday, Sunday night. So what happens on Monday Friday night? and Saturday? Nothing. Nothing. Why is it this way? <laughs> Quinn, I don't know. Okay. It's fine. I mean, sure. probably, it probably has something to do with television and the fact that there are so many teams and there's only one day. Like, Sunday is okay. the big day and okay. then they like, want to be able fine. to televise them. It's a primetime okay, so game. this is another like, big confusion that I have <laughs> okay. is that like there's a lot of different games happening at once. Correct. That's confusing. We're not even going to get into questions about fantasy football, which is like... Please, I don't know what that is. I still don't thing. know. I know you like pick players and you like pick shit. I, like, I That's don't like basically all you need to know. Okay, okay great. Here's my last question for you. Oh, God, I thought we were done. Okay, great. Yeah, one no, more. No, you can, clearly were not following along. I, I was not, yeah. <laughs> All of these which I have written down. Great job. Because I was thinking about them <laughs> for just many weeks on end. Okay. Yeah. Can you name? Probably not. Three players. Oh. Who are currently playing. Currently? God damn it. Okay. All right. If you cannot, we can open it up to retired okay. players. <laughs> Current players. Well, I know Colin Kaepernick isn't one of those. Good work, yes. I know about that. So um, who is Zeitgeist. Who is playing Tom Brady? There you go. I knew you were going to say that one. You know what's so funny? Because don't, you don't like him. I respect him. Okay. Um, he is one person who does wear statement hats, which mm. I feel like you. Yeah, no. Yeah, That's no, a hard that. no. So great. So we can both dislike him. Um, okay. Tom Brady is one. Really good work. Does he have a brother? I mean, maybe, but not when he plays football. And if he did, that'd be like so sad because he's. I so don't successful. know. Like, uh, I don't know. I I got one. Who are some other people? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I know. I, I had a friend in high school who really liked uh, Drew Brees. Is he still playing? He is. He's currently injured, but yes. Okay, so that's two. That is two. Two They're out of three and bad. Good work. Um, I, 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 do you I, know who Drew Brees' backup is? No, I, no, of course not. Of course I don't know. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, so Teddy Bridgewater has three. Really great work. <laughs> if I had opened it up to retire players, would that have been helpful? No. Okay. I, <laughs> like, I, don't, like, I don't know if you just like have a catalog of Hall of Fame. I really don't. I really don't at all. It would not have helped me at uh, that's all. That's just so sad because San Francisco, where we grew up, had like was such an influential team for so long and has so many Hall of Famers, like Steve I, Young, Joe Montana. I've heard of Joe Jerry Montana. Ray. Ugh, I don't think anybody would have thought that in in one fell swoop we would have talked about both Kate Bush and the National Football League, and yet here we and are. And yet here we are. 
I would so, also like it noted that as a woman and as a big fan of football, it is it is sometimes incongruous and sometimes very challenging. Yeah. And, and like what I know at least about the NFL politically is that there's like It's a not lot, great. It's no, not, it's not yeah, great. Not a good situation. Not but good. I, I do understand and respect like why you love football and like what it means to you. And like no one can take that away from you, even if there are like major problems. I'm with not the blind NFL to as it. an organization. That is all I want to say. Yeah. I'm not blind to the issues. You're not, Let's not go down at It's been wonderful. Okay. It's been real. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I love you. I love this pod. I love Kate Bush, and you love football. All of those things are true. The end. And right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Sign it up. <laughs>obsession locally produced in a very hot apartment in los angeles we're your hosts quinn and renee special thanks to jono for our music dean for our graphics and quinn for editing you're welcome let us know what you thought of this episode by leaving a comment and don't forget to subscribe for more information on us and the show search your next obsession podcast on all the social medias and or send an email to your next obsession podcast at gmail.com thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening we're adorable we're so cute <laughs>